Gaming Blues Podcast, Esports Edition. Welcome to the second volume of Valorant, my multi-part series where I cover Riot's newest shooter, Valorant. If you haven't tuned into the first volume where I give my first impressions of what I actually thought about the gameplay overall, you can find the first volume available in the many podcast outlets. Search Gaming Blues Podcast, give a follow, give a review. Available on Spotify, Google Podcast, any other platforms that you use to listen to your podcasts. All right, the second volume required a lot of thinking just to get the wording correct. This arose from the part of my first volume of the Valorant where I gave my review of the game. And I did say overall the game is very fun. It might be very hard for newcomers or players who aren't used to Twitch shooters to get into, but given Riot's popularity with League of Legends, I doubt it won't be popular, but I have serious doubts it will overtake the likes of the Juggernaut that is Counter-Strike. But this discussion is not on the... I should say it's not a topic that a lot of people might not concern themselves with. I find that when it comes to first-person shooters, the one thing that most people care about and to actually judge whether or not their investment, whether it's money or time, is worth it, is multiplayer. That's given the game actually has multiplayer. If it's a game like Bioshock, for instance, where it is a story-driven first-person shooter, then obviously the gameplay plus story weight has equal weight when it comes to a player like judging how good the game is. But when it comes to multiplayer-focused games like Counter-Strike, or Valorant in this case, you know, usually the story takes a back seat and players might not, you know, give a damn about like the lore behind the characters, the world, environment, even the guns. In the case of Counter-Strike, there isn't much to actually go upon. The original game was based on a mod for Half-Life and the basic premise is you either play as terrorists and you either play as counter-terrorists and you are trying to either blow up the site or defuse it. And depending on the map, you're trying to rescue the um, the hostages and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. The only notable addition that Counter Strike got in terms of let's say quote unquote um, story, given like a different character variety in Counter Strike, is that they introduced different factions that represent terrorists, like known terrorist groups. And they also introduce like known counter-terrorist, gr- counter-terrorist groups across the world, like such as the GIGN. And that's all Counter-Strike had to go for. Needless to say, lore isn't a big part or background story isn't a big part of competitive shooters. But Riot's case is very interesting to me because with League of Legends, they're trying, they tried very hard to establish the background story of the champions and the world they inhabit. The original story being very... Well, even the original story was interesting where a group of mages summon various champions from you know, across the world to compete, to fight for their amusement. And it, over time, that kind of switched, didn't become the canon, and they, made, they shifted the story to focus more on the world that each champion live in. To think on top of my head, like uh, Ionia, Noxus, uh, Demacia, Ionia, I said that, the Frozen Place. Um, Shurima, they continually expanded on the lore and introduced different like stories and different cultures within their own universe. And while it didn't really have an impact on the gameplay, it was so interesting to kind of get little bits of like motivation as to like why 
like where the champion comes from and form you know canon rivalries and canon conflicts. Now again, a lot not a lot of people would give a damn about that if they're just playing league. They just want to beat the shit out of each other. But I think that Riot actually bothering to establish the lore was very interesting. And this is where I thought Valorant would also have somewhat of a rich accompanying story. Again, the game hasn't it's not out yet. The game is coming out on June 2nd. But given by what they have announced already in terms of the characters and the different gun skins they've announced, I would say the backstory of Valorant and kind of the like the underlying like the conflict that each of the all these agents have is kind of lacking. I know it's a closed beta, but the amount of like background story and lore and kind of explanation of how the the world within or the universe within Valoran operates is lacking compared to what they have done with League. Now obviously League had ten years to grow their universe from a bunch of major major summoning like champions like the metaphor, like the players or the mages that set into various worlds with their own habitants and their own background stories. But I expected them to actually, you know, establish some kind of story. Like just a basic tidbit of why these agents are fighting in the first place. Like is everyone allies? Like the fact that they're given each agent a country they're representing means there is a global conflict. There has to be. Because why would you bother to give each agent a nationality if you haven't? Is that just an excuse to create you know, various skins and different things you can buy for microtransactions, like give them like a reason like a, to create, you know, stereotypical designs to sell for money. Is that it? Like, I don't think Riot's that shallow in terms of design decisions. There has to be something a bit more than just, oh, here's an excuse to make Chinese culture-based skins because Sage is from China. Give us some kind of backstory. I know there's CG trailer with Jet and Phoenix. I think that will be basically be the launch trailer as and introduce why these various agents from over the world are fighting or planting spikes. I think that spike will come into play as to like, you know, kind of like a thematic sense as to why these agents are doing what they're doing. But here is my thought overall thought and Valorant given the information provided thus far. I honestly think that Valorant right now has an identity crisis. I think Riot kind of has an idea where they want to go with it, but the product they're showing right now is kind of confusing to me as to what thematic, or sorry, what theme they're trying to achieve with Valorant. And here's what I mean. Let's look at Counter-Strike. If you look at Counter-Strike and if you play the game, you know that the theme is modern day shooter and modern day conflicts. Well, modern day conflict as in, you know, good guy versus bad guy and like terrorist and counter-terrorist. But it makes somatic sense. The like the character design, the real world guns, all make thematic sense that you're fighting in this, you know, terrorist versus counter-terrorist setting. And the merch they sell while the decals and stickers are kind of outrageous that like nobody would actually use these in real life combat. They're still they don't change the appearance of the actual guns themselves. To kind of break that immersion that you're fighting in a modern, like modern warfare. That's like a really bad word to use to describe Counter Strike, but in modern, <laughs> in modern warfare, not the game, but the actual, you know, the fighting in the modern military, 
they would use actual decals in certain situations, not as outrageous as like colorful as like the team skins or like the various Counter-Strike skins. But yes, decals are a thing. And I think some of them are actually not obtrusive to actually break that immersion, as I said. So that they're still keeping within that thematic sense. It's a modern day military shooter. And the microtransactions they sell still make sense within that Counter-Strike universe. So that's what I mean by a game making thematic sense. The designs and the appearance, like the visual design and all the different assets that accompany the game makes sense within that universe. Now let's take Overwatch, for example. Overwatch has a more cartoony fantasy feel to it. It's very colorful and very high, highly saturated colors, like you're living in an animated film. That's the aesthetic they wanted to go for, and that's the aesthetic they achieved within the gameplay. And the different skins they have also still makes within the universe because you know it's a fantasy setting. You live. It's a world where talking robots exist. It's where a cybernetic ninja exists. There's a talking monkey in Winston. There's a fucking semi-intelligent tank in Bastion. It's a world where craziness is accepted as a norm if you look at skins like some are thematic so that's kind of like whatever that's like the usual business practices of trading microtransactions you make seasonal skins based on holidays but if you look at the other skins they make which are not thematic or not sorry not seasonal and actually has a theme to it it still fits within the universe and it doesn't break you out of the immersion and that's one of the it's one of the key components that make keeps Overwatch interesting, the skin design, while they have kind of fallen off in recent releases. But when the original few came out, they were really visually appealing, and it, they probably sold a lot of loot boxes. Theming is very important as to it doesn't stop players' immersion. They don't go, why would that be in this kind of setting? Like, why would this happen? Or like, that kind of doesn't seem like it fits. Anything like that causes a pause and kind of break within the a player's play cycle. And breaking that immersion can actually disrupt the flow of the continuous experience the developers want to achieve with the gamer or the user experience, basically. Now, again, this, is, this might affect, not affect a lot of people because, once again, as long as the gameplay is good, I think a lot of people can forgive thematic oddities, let's say, within a game as long as the gameplay is good. And that's why Valorant was at, well, one of the reasons Valorant was at the top of the chart within the Twitch streams. Well, to be honest, A, people are just watching just to get the drops. And if you look at it now, it's fallen behind the Fortnite and the Call of Duties again. But at the time, it was a new hot game and people liked playing it. But obviously, gameplay things like like FPS drops and hitboxes, which Richard Lewis also reported, and thank God he reported because otherwise I wouldn't have never found out and those things a developer can fix with patches my criticism of Valorant's overall design is that i think they were focusing too hard on trying to become a quote-unquote a game killer a lot of games do this if you look over at history call of duty modern warfare originally started as a medal of honor killer and then it later shifted focus to becoming a halo killer because Halo was one of the biggest console shooters at the time. Valorant, as Riot would probably never admit, is obviously gunning at Counter-Strike. 
the shooting mechanics are similar to Counter-Strike, as in it's not a crazy run-and-gun shooter style of Modern Warfare, like Call of Duties. It is more like being patient and getting tactical mat advantage so you can outshoot the opponent, that kind of style. But at the same time, I think they also subconsciously wanted to kill Overwatch as well, because by going with the class design, and obviously it's not Overwatch, because Overwatch was more focused on creating a unique gameplay style per hero, and by dividing them up into classes. Whereas Valorant still has classes, but the overall game gun shooting mechanics is universal across the board. So it is different there. I said this before, but Riot's game design, I guess, philosophy is that they're never the originators of anything, but they are best when they're iterating on a product. Even when they announce all these new games during their 10-year anniversary, even with their original game, League of Legends, none of their ideas are actually original. They are an iteration of existing properties, and they have given their own twist to it for better or for worse. League of Legends is obviously an iteration upon the Dota mod, which started the whole MOBA franchise. You can see the different iteration, even comparing to the original and or Dota 2. Dota 2 has Creep Denial. Dota 2 also has Courier. Dota 2 also has a mechanic with the trees and a, I would say a very more complex item tree. League of Legends kind of simplified this where they got rid of the Courier system and they gave, you know, going back home a free skill rather than being an item in like in Dota. There is no secret shop and the overall map is a bit more simpler. And the biggest thing is there is no creep denial. There is still creep score, but you can't actually hamper the opponent from actually gaining creep score by denying them. This in turn, I would say created a, a easier game for users to learn and enjoy by getting the same experience of a five versus five MOBA game, but in an easier setting. And the biggest shit at the time was League of Legends was fucking free. It was the one of the first, well not the first, it was one of the most successful free-to-play game and has lasted this long because it went free-to-play from the get-go. Does anybody remember Heroes of New Earth? That game was not free. That game was actually better, um, better received by the MOBA gamers at the time, but it still had an entry fee. And does Heroes of New Earth sort of live anymore? No. I th I'm not sure if Dota 2 was actually free or not, but I think it was, but Again, Dota 2, which I th consider it as a more complex game because there are more things you have to consider and it is free to play. But if you ask someone to, which would you rather play a game where you have to like mo learn more mechanics about or something that's kind of easier to learn, but you get the same experience. Let's look at Legends of Runeterra. It is a card game that is very similar to Blizzard's Hearthstone. Now, not exactly the same. It has its own twists and its own mechanics, but you can kind of see where it took some cues from. Look at T TFT. That's it's that's Riot's take on the auto chess genre, which was basic also based on a mod, and which Riot took point took various aspects from and created their own take on it. Let's look at Valorant Project A. It took various aspects from popular shooters such as Overwatch. And I think, to be honest, it's more Rainbow Six than Overwatch. 
because of the class abilities, and then the shooting mechanics of Counter-Strike, and then you have Valorant. By combining aspects and pulling different elements from different games, you have a game where the visuals scream it's based on a fantasy setting because of the cartoonish look, but the shooting mechanics are more similar to Counter-Strike, where it's set more set like a modern setting. Kind of breaks the flow as to why are characters you might see in Overwatch carrying realistic guns? That's my thematic break number one. Now, obviously, the guns are not one-to-one replicas of really um, real-world guns that exist. But you can really tell what guns were inspired or what the Valoran guns are trying to replicate. So the guns look really good. Let's get that out of there. The gun design is very well made. It still looks very modern. And it also kind of looks like guns you might see in the near future, maybe. It has its own style to it. And I will say, yes, it kind of fits within the Valoran setting. They still shoot and fire like real guns, like their real gun counterparts. But at the same time, they look stylish slash Valoran enough that it makes sense within the universe. Even though the character design kind of screams. Like, again, the, the characters look very much like heroes you would find in Overwatch. And I wouldn't be surprised if you, like, swap some of them. Like, literally, Breach seems like it can be a character within Overwatch in terms of, like, the abilities he has. Because we are not given any backstory to what Valorant's overall conflict is, it's kind of hard to judge whether or not the guns kind of fit within the universe. And here's what I mean. The agents are given nationalities. Viper is from the United States. Jet is from Korea. Phoenix is from the United Kingdom, and so forth. This means the setting is within the world we live in. That kind of signifies the setting of Valoran is within the near future. And the gun design kind of matches with that because they aren't crazy enough to be fantasy guns, but kind of makes sense that the designs kind of scream near in the near future guns. The guns in their base skin makes sense as to the setting they are suggesting with the players, uh, the agent nationalities. If you look in the shop right now, you can buy various skins for the game, for the guns, in packages, in single, or what, what, what have you. The, the gun design overall, like the microtransaction skins, are the most immersion breaking stuff i've ever seen in a video game in terms of the the theme i think when riot's designing the gun skins for this game i think they took the same approach as they would do a skin for a champion in league of legends if you look at some of the skins for the guns they make them look very fantasy-ish they're very far away from their classic skins, like the default skins they have, which makes them look more modern guns. Maybe they're testing the waters as to how players react to the skins. But some of the guns changes the appearance very drastically as to they look like toys, like toy guns. Some of the skins are really good. I think it's Breach or Brimstone's character guns that gives a slight cosmetic change a different color palette kind of similar to as to what csgo does with their guns gun skins you still keep the shape of the actual gun but you just change the color palettes of the gun to make it look like a different gun 
I think if you're sticking with the thematic that this the world of Valorant is set in the real world, that should be the direction that the skin should be heading, in my opinion, because it keeps within the thematic sense that are modern guns or guns of the future, but you're not changing it drastic to make them look like toys, which kind of ventures into the whole Overwatch theme. If Valorant was sticking to the fantasy theme, because the abilities of the heroes kind of, the agents kind of makes, gives off that idea that it's set in the fantasy world, because you have a bloody guy from UK who can resurrect himself with flames, throw fireballs and like res like bring up flame walls like cool like if you're, if that's the theme that you're going with then these skins are really cool like the guns that look like water guns i think that it's like an omen skin line where you have very sharp edges looks like a gun from like van helsing or some like like something you would see in like dark souls or something and like the asian skins like they have dragons on them because of course it's asia and like the really shiny guns because it's for the guy from Morocco because that makes sense. And the red guns, I guess, is because there's a guy from Russia. Like, it's very confusing as to what they're trying to achieve with the skins to me that the only conclusion I can come up with is that they're trying to please everybody. They're trying to please the people who are used to the CSGO skins where you just buy decals and just camos. At the same time, you're also trying to please the other demographic who are coming from League of Legends who are used to these outrageous and flashy skins. I kind of expect that from Riot. Valorant has an identity crisis as to it's either A, trying to please everyone within the shooter demographic by introducing all these various aspects, or B, they're just trying to see what sticks and trying to go, trying to stick with the route that works, or I guess it sells them like the more skins. I think my criticism is that based on the knowledge we have right now of Valorant, is that they should either have just kept the nationalities of the agents like non-existent until the actual release of the game or b not go with the flasher route like those outrageous skins and just save them for seasonal stuff because valorant is different in a way it's not like csgo where it's really bare bones it's basically good guys versus bad guys no counter-strike is very bare bones in the lore because it's either it's terrorist versus counter-terrorist that's it in valorant the moment you introduce actual countries into the mix then that creates a lot of different conflict possibilities that can be played out. I guess my question is, what is Valorant trying to be? Is it trying to be a modern shooter with the cartoony aesthetic? Or is it trying to be a fantasy fantasy shooter, which is real like Counter-Strike gun elements? All the iconic games in the world right now have their own theming to it. Look at Call of Duty. Call of Duty is known for fast-paced, high-octane shooting. Counter-Strike is based on getting those precise kills and precise picks and precise headshots and getting the strategic bomb diffused by eliminating the enemy from the like the most unlikely scenarios and getting knowing all the like the smoke grenade spots knowing all the molly spots knowing all the peaks and knowing all the jumps i don't know what to think of Valorant right now as to how do i explain or how would people perceive this game as it would people just continually perceive this as oh it's right games it's uh, the guy, people who made League of Legends first-person shooter. Like, you're literally piggybacking off of League of, League of Legends popularity to promote a second shooter. There is some speculation that Valorant universe and Riot's uh, League of Legends universe might be in the same universe. I said universe three times. In that sense, why not just let have the League of Legends hero use guns? Wouldn't that solve every conflict there is? Like, fuck using ultimates, just fucking snipe them in the head.
I guess it feels really different because this is the first cartoon shoot, cartoon visual shooter that tried to incorpor incorporate a very slow-paced shooting mechanics. If you look at Fortnite, very fast-paced, but accompanied with very rapid building mechanics. Overwatch is also fast-paced, but then again, Overwatch is also different because it doesn't use universal guns. They use weapons based on each character, which makes it unique. I'm also actually surprised they are opening the... They announced the release date of this game to be June 2nd rather than in July. It kind of explains why their quote-unquote closed beta was lasting so long. I guess they were also just making this their pseudo-open beta to test the network stress. It's a lot of different design decisions that's very confusing to me about Valorant. And kind of glad this comes after me giving its praises about how fun the game is. But the everything else about the game is very, very confusing to me. The client UI looks like it's meant for phones or tablets. The friend system doesn't really work very well. It's hard to look up people's profiles. The guns, while well, the initial, the base skins look really good. The other skins make it look like props. Like what self-respecting country would use freaking jagged edge and shiny guns in their country in a time of, time of global like crisis? Nobody would. I, I get you're trying to sell skins, but ah, like having dragon heads on guns just screams typical stereotyping. Like the whole decision to make different characters from different nationalities and different countries. Well, the only, the reason I can think of is if they introduce ever introduce the Valorant World Cup which they probably will, then obviously people can cheer for their favorite agent. But even like the stereotyping doesn't make any sense in some of the choices because Viper is from America and she deals in dealing poison cloud damage. Hmm. Like Phoenix is from the UK and he looks like a soccer player. Okay, that's understandable. And Jet is from Korea and she looks very K-pop-ish because K-pop, am I right? I felt that there was a... Once I saw the initial concept art for the game where it was very stylish and that picture of Viper and even in the initial trailer was like, wow, this character looks very cool. And I didn't even mind that she was from America, even though that makes no thematic sense to me. Like is America known for making poison like weapons? Like that doesn't seem very right. I guess I didn't want to play off the, the traditional quote unquote trope from America being like, you know, cowboy hat wearing gun trotting people. Hmm. Overall, I can summarize my thoughts on Valorant. Outside of the gameplay, is very lackluster. And I have a lot of questions, as you might have known, as to what the hell is going on in this world. And this concerns me in a way, because once the game is out of its infancy, let's say, and if we're in June, that means we're, we will hit at least the winter holidays and the various cultural holidays that, that happens from September 2 through December, that means we might get actual Asian skins, like skins that will change the appearance of the agents, mostly in their hands because that is mostly what you're seeing within the game. Counter-Strike implemented this very well with the gloves. I think that's a very creative decision because what's the point in getting overall character skins if all you're going to stare at is the hands? In Valorant, Will they do the same thing as Counter-Strike where we just sell gloves or will they sell actual models for the agents, like change their entire appearance? And this fear also comes from my experience with um, Sudden Attack, which is 
a Korean first-person shooter, which is very popular even to this day, even though servers are slowly going down. Initially, when the game came out, it didn't have skins at all. Not in the way you're thinking of. It had basic skins, something like the skins you would find in like Call of Duty Warzone for like different agents, where it changes their appearance, but not drastically enough to make them super stand out, if that makes sense. And the guns, they didn't have camos back then. The only weapon that had a different kind of camo was a knife called the Tiger Knife, and it actually had like a tiger pattern on it. If you look at the game now, you will see fucking idle girls jumping around with super shiny guns that's from a raid party, giving off different effects. They have literally gone from a military shooter to something you would see in VR chat where everything is super colorful and nothing makes sense. Like, why am I shooting a K-pop idol who's holding a pink op who who's also have angel wings and bunny ears and she's wearing a bikini? Like, what the fuck is going on? I think that's my one fear of Valorant. I want I want Valorant to be good because competition is always nice for the you know the gaming environment because competition equals different ways that the developers have to compete with each other by um, thinking of creative ways to entice the players to keep playing their game. At the same time, if Valorant decides to be its own thing and not actually compete with other games, that means Counter Strike can just keep doing what they what they want, and Overwatch can just keep doing what they want because like. Valorant's not doing anything to like, you know, compete with them. So why bother? Because Valorant can't even decide what it is. It is. Are you a class-based shooter or are you a more realistic shooter? Are you a fantasy game or are you a realist, like real world game? Like what the fuck are you? I'm afraid of eventually seeing in a Kali skin for Jet, like the KDA Akali skin for Jet, like jumping around and shooting things. And basically in within a year or two years time, you're going to see so many crazy cosmetics for the agents and guns. It's just going to be a shit fest. Overwatch, Counter-Strike, even League of Legends and Dota, while they have outrageous skins and designs for camos, for guns and agents and heroes and whatnot, I found that none of them are actually obtrusive to the game where it throws me out of the immersion of the game. Only because League of Legends models are like tiny, so and they're very fantasy-like, which kind of again it makes sense within the universe they created. Counter-Strike guns, even what, even when those like you know gloves, guns, and knives can be really fancy, you can still kind of expect them to see them in the real world if somebody actually wanted to create them. Overwatch skins, they make sense within the universe they are inhabiting. The common theme is they make thematic sense i am hoping within the couple of months where valoran has to kind of establish the direction they're going with the game in terms of you know the competitive aspect which what the 99 percent of the people are actually concerned about and the one percent which is like the visual design and where the microtransaction is going to head down that way which i care about because you know seeing different game design practices are kind of a hobby to me I just hope that it doesn't become the next sudden attack in terms of going crazy with the microtransactions that doesn't actually fit the theme of the game. Maybe I'm just afraid of seeing K-pop stars in Valorant. <laughs> I actually wonder what people of the industry actually thinks of Valorant outside of the shooting aspect. And of course, again, not a lot of people would care about the background story and the lore. And maybe I'm just barking, like just talking to a wall. 
in terms of like just con like concerning myself that the game doesn't make thematic sense. Like you might be telling yourself like who the fuck cares, Andy? Like why do you care if it looks any different? I'll tell you why. If they go crazy with the design of the heroes in terms of cosmetics and the guns and whatnot, what do you think that's going to do for like hinder with like hitboxes and whatnot? They're already having a problem with hitboxes, according to Richard Lewis, before all these cosmetic shit came out. Using ones that give like each of the heroes and agents like fucking Christmas hats and like Christmas decorations and reindeer like whatever antlers in the near future. You think that wouldn't affect gameplay? What if those peek out of the damn map because it's clipping? Ever think about those? Valoran has a real good opportunity to make a great background story and lore behind the conflict that the agents are involved in and the players stakes, let's per se, involved in. I really hope they do capitalize on the first impressions. Obviously, they captivated captivated a lot of players' attention with the visual style, with the concept art, because those are out, those are great. I just hope they continue the hype train and actually create meaningful information dumps, I guess, and explain step by step the world they created, and not retcon things like they did with League of Legends. You would think they will learn within their ten years of experience that. They know how to sequentially, sequentially, yeah, sequentially trickle new information about the world to get people hyped. But we shall see what happens within the coming weeks as to what they do. If they do tick me off, then obviously that means I have another thing to rant about in a new episode of the Valorant. <sighs> Thank you for listening to my rant. If you like the rant, please give a follow to the various podcast platforms of your choice. As mentioned, this is a multi-part series, and I do have uh, various other topics that I want to rant about and discuss. So look forward to those in the new future. Thank you for listening, viewers. See you next time.